So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, I'm Miss H, and today Mr. O and I will be discussing Episode 9 of Season 5, Life After Lockup. On this episode, Chance gets drunk with his friend Tanya, Monique goes through Derek's phone, Sarah and Anthony tell Abby who her father is, Brittany and Marcelino plan to renew their vows, Eris and Cameron tell Eris's dad she's pregnant, and Puppy and the gang help Amber leave TC. If you like what you hear, please give us a rating. And if you watch 90 Day Fiancé, check out our other podcast channel, 90 Day MK, Teachable Moments with Miss H and Mr. O. Thanks and enjoy. Hello, Miss H. Hello, Mr. O. How are things going with you? Uh, okay for a Sunday. Very, we were just kind of talking about it before. You got turned up on your Sunday and I got flaked on on my Sunday. That, that sounds exactly like what happened. Yes, yes. So we're <laughs> recording on Sunday because I have a busy, busy Monday. So uh, yeah, we're going to see how things go because I just like was turned up enough that I just woke up from my nap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, let's talk about a couple that really is not busy this episode, and that's Brittany and Marcelino. Uh, Brittany is trying to introduce the kids to Puerto Rican food, including Mofongo, because Marcelino's mom is visiting and cooking for them. Marcelino is looking through pictures reflecting on what Giovanni had said about their family's happiness. Marcelino remembers that he chose this life, and he comes across the vows he had written down for Brittany. Marcelino says they both found each other in a downtime. He wants to show Brittany he still loves her, so he wants to plan something to show her. Marcelino talks to Brittany about his talk with Gio. Marcelino says that they can work it out, so he presents her with a picture of them on their wedding day in a jewelry box and asks her to renew their vows. Marcelino says that he'll plan it with a dolphin as a minister. Okay, so did anything surprise you about this? I mean, I feel like we no. talked about this. We called it last week. Like, that's going to be their storyline now. Yeah, that's their storyline now. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much all it is. The only thing that surprised me is that he didn't make a copy of the picture before he cut it up into pieces to make the little like invitation thing or well, reproposal thing. thing too in this day and age like you don't just have a hard copy like it's from a digital copy that you got printed out so that digital copy's gotta be somewhere right that's true yes yes it is probably you're right it's it's not a that that printed out copy hard copy that he cut up is not the only thing they have. They definitely have a digital image that they sure. could have printed out. Mean, he could have reprinted out. I mean, right. to be fair, as fake as this whole storyline is, like he could have had that production could have had that printed out and he's like, oh, I hope I don't get mad. I hope she doesn't get mad at this right. before he cuts up the one that yeah. they printed out 15 minutes ago. Yeah, I mean, they could have had, like, old-school cameras, too. But even still, you can return in your negatives and get another print. It's not that difficult. That's true. And you could have, like, I don't know, I had all mine, uh, all my old school camera pictures I scanned. Mm-hmm. And, I haven't done that how, yet. We know how old school it is. It's not that old school. Like, she, she's only been out for, you know, X amount of years, and it was definitely well after everybody, everything was digital. Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, this is definitely at the last, I would say, six years. Uh, yes. At the latest. Yeah. We're in smartphone era. There's, like... No reason why this isn't digital. Yes. Yeah. I mean, so we pretty much just, I mean, it was, as you said, it was a really short segment. We got that and we got, you know, my phone go 
instead of Bafungo. Like, where'd yeah. my phone go? Like, that's pretty much all we got. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's going to take up time the rest of the season, but it's not going to be very interesting because how interesting is this wedding planning the second time around? Yes. Yes. In terms of it's not like – I don't know. It's not even a, like, will he say – you don't even get the love is blind, like, will they say yes? Will they say I do? And it's right. like, these people are already married. <laughs> Yeah. Nobody's going to flake out of the saying, I do, at this point. Yeah. No one's going to leave anyone at the altar or anything like that, so you don't get that drama. Which, if anybody has been watching it, that's the the best part of Love is Blind. I would just take take the rest of the show, except for people getting left at the altar and running off scared. Like, that's the best part of the show. Yeah. Well, and that's sad, too, because I literally fast forward through their wedding day with all the, oh, will they? Here's the reasons why I think they will or won't. And you're just like, I don't care. Just get yeah, to the yeah. part where they Show say yes or no. Show me the part where they say yes or no. Yes. All and right. then if someone is running away in a wedding dress, I am happy. That is the best. <laughs> Probably because they should. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's move on to another, not really a couple, but Sarah. Uh, so Sarah and Abby, her daughter, are at a donut shop picking up donuts they think that Anthony might like because he's meeting up with them. Anthony goes to shake Abby's hand again, and they're all giggles, and she doesn't quite know what to do with handshakes, so she just doesn't. He takes a bite of his donut and then steals a sip of her chocolate milk as he jumps into why they're there. They ask if she's ever had questions about who her dad is, and she says no. When Anthony tells her, she actually starts giggling uncontrollably, which then turns into tears. And they ask her if she's happy, and she says yes. Anthony then picks her up and holds her, and she claims that she was actually really laughing. He tells her that he hasn't been around much because he's been sick, but he will be around more, and he loves her. He asks her if she's mad at him, and she says no, smiles, but then gently slaps his face a couple of times, which then Anthony says he deserves. Sarah tells her to be nice. Anthony says he'll see her on the weekends that he has off of work. Anthony says he kind of has a fear for the future. Abby's only concern at the moment is if she can finally eat her donut. And Sarah says that Sean is supportive of Anthony and Abby having a relationship, even though Sarah feels that there is still hostility there between Anthony and Sean. Anthony says he's happy but worried. He's actually concerned about staying sober. Sarah tells him that if he messes up, it's over with their relationship. Not to say this to threaten him, but to say it because she's trying to protect Abby. All right. So what did you think about Abby's reactions? I... I know it was a little bit hard to really, like, see and, like, really take her at face value because she had a very, I think, a typical kid response to things, which is, like, yes, Uh you know, just automatic either doing something that doesn't necessarily corresponding with actually how they feel. So, yes, I mean, I thought that was I thought that as fake as we talked about the last segment being, I feel like Abby's reaction was, like, extremely genuine. Mm-hmm. In that, yeah, kids don't know. Like they just that, – that's going to incur a flood of emotions mm-hmm. that she doesn't know what's going on and she doesn't know how to handle. So she doesn't know if she's crying or laughing or if she's mad or sad mm-hmm. because she's all of these things at the same time, right? Yeah. She's happy and sad and mad and confused and, and, and that just comes out in things like giggles, yeah. right? And things like uncontrollable. And so I, I – 
certainly thought that this was a I was like, yes, I bo- I believe that she just this is a girl that just found out who her dad was. Like this is yeah. this is a very big deal and a very huge amount of emotions for a small person to deal with. Um, right. And so I and so I did appreciate that. I did appreciate that it felt unlike like I said, unlike some of the other segments that are very very genuine. Yeah, I I mean, I feel like Sarah has done a pretty good job of keeping Abby off of this show and really not exploiting things. And I mean, that might have something to do with the fact that Abby really, her guardian right now, her legal guardian is the grandma. So that might have something to do with it. And so Kathy, uh, Sarah's mom, might have a say, more of a say as to how involved in this show Uh, Abby is, but I don't know. Yeah, it's a genuine reaction, but it also kind of felt very personal. You know, (laughs) you don't know Abby's reaction to this before. And so it's like, do we want to have this on camera? Do we really need to see her crying on camera? Because I honestly also feel like to laugh is one thing and to cry is almost like, you know, could be embarrassing for her. No one wants someone to see like, millions of people see them cry and so for her to try to clarify and say you know like no no no, i was really laughing it's Mm -hmm. like why does i mean to me if i was anthony or sarah it doesn't matter if you're laughing or crying right i don't care but for her to like be very clear like oh i was laughing it's like to me i kind of felt like she's embarrassed and why are you guys exploiting this poor child's reaction yeah, I mean, I can totally see that. I can totally see that this is just, especially because it was so genuine, just to be like, mm-hmm. this is something we shouldn't be seeing. Like, this is a yeah. private moment between people, um, right? That that isn't really our business to be to be involved in. I totally, I totally get that too. Because I don't know, it just also is like, I don't, I don't know how else better he could have put it, besides just being like, I'm your daddy, like. You know, especially yeah. coming after, like, did you ever wonder about who your daddy was? Because I feel like even at somebody at Abby's age is like, well, I now that you brought it up that way, I feel like there might be some news coming about my daddy. <laughs> like, you know, um, so I, I, I'm not sure about the, the the entire like you know sending how you say it, but yes, it was an intensely personal, and you're you're right, almost to the point of awkwardness just watching mm-hmm. it being like oh this is something we shouldn't be a part of right right and yeah even and, and, you know we have those intimate moments in other scenarios that come up right but usually they they you know this is emotionally intimate as far as like physically intimate which we usually get kicked out for right gosh yeah which you're like thank goodness Yes. All right. So speaking of people who talk uh, too much about maybe their physical intimacy, let's go to Aris and Cameron. All right. So Aris, at the beginning of the scene, wants Cam to look his best. So as soon as he comes out, she tells him, get your teeth out and flag up. I don't – I think teeth out definitely meant like the grills that he was have, had in. Yeah. Flag up. I don't know if his fly was down or something. I don't know what that was. Yeah, but anyway, know. it's because her dad is coming. So dad has already has some bad feelings about Cameron based on the way things went down with the way they got married right away and he didn't know about it. And now, you know, they're going to have to tell him that she's already pregnant and that probably won't improve the situation. So Cameron is very much taken aback about when dad shows up about how much Eris looks like her dad. And she's just like, he 
look a lot alike. That freaks me out a little bit. So dad doesn't understand why things had to happen so fast. And, you know, he thinks they could have waited a year or two and asked for his blessing and everything like that. So he says he doesn't even know Cam, so he can't even really judge the decisions that Eris is making right now. So Garrett, when he shows up, they have a conversation, and Cameron tries to strike up a connection over what he and dad, and we find out his name is Aaron, what they have in common. They have both been incarcerated. So, you know, Aaron it doesn't is, isn't going to judge Cameron for that, but he does seem mostly upset that he didn't get his pre-proposal ask for the blessing. And he says the most important – but he says the most important thing is that both of them are happy. So Eris then leaves to get dinner ready and Aaron moves closer to, as he say, as he says, chop it up with Cameron. So Cameron tells kind of his story about why he wanted to rush things and get married right away. And that was he felt like if he was, you know, not in the institution of marriage, if it wasn't a commitment like that, he was just a boyfriend, then – he would be too tempted by the street life. But as a married man, he feels like kind of like he's locked into something. And also, you know, he moved he moved from one place to another to get away from all the people that were the street life in Cincinnati. So he doesn't isn't going to backtrack. So he knows that him and his him and Aaron are going to have to bury the hatchet for things to work out. But Aaron says, yeah, that's going to take some time, son. So, you know, maybe for the work things out, why don't we just keep things where they are, slow things down. Don't have any kids yet, and let's focus on th- on just this relationship. So now that Eris is already pregnant, doesn't he doesn't know yet? Cameron is always like, "Oh, this is probably not good." <laughs> so the next time we see them, it's just Aaron and Eris and Lena, and they are stopping for ice cream. So Aaron kind of asks Lena what she thinks of Cam, and she just basically only has positive things to say. So Eris says she has something to get off her chest, and then lets Aaron know that she's pregnant. So it's also – they also say that it's going to be a girl and they're going to name it Charlie and he's like, that's a boy's name? <laughs> so she uses – the reasoning she uses for getting this pregnancy so fast is biological clock-like stuff. And Aaron says – he's like, well, you know, I thought they were going to slow down but I guess that's not happening. So I hope it works. So then we're back at the house with just Eris and Cameron. Aaron is gone and he's talking to his sisters on the phone planning their visit for tomorrow. So they still need to be told about the baby and Eris wants to keep keep it from him that her dad already knows because he has this big plan to like reveal to them that Eris is pregnant and she wants to give him his moment. There's all like collar popping or shirt <laughs> opening or something. That's how he wants to do it. Shirt busting out. <laughs> yeah. There's like a Superman type thing. Like he's yeah. going to rip his shirt open. Yeah. So – Although after he's done – I thought it was pretty funny. After he's done talking about like what he's going to do, he's like, wait a second. They're going to be so mad at me. <laughs> yeah. So we're setting up the nursery. And the first thing, you know, in, in the nursery is the most important thing, the 50-inch TV. Gosh. Um, and then he reminds her at, that, you know, they start talking about how her and her sisters didn't really have the best experience when they were together. And she's like, well, that's because I was sick and didn't come to a party. And he was like, well, I didn't really tell him you were sick. I just said you didn't want to be there. So uh, whatever. There's – Fences that need to be mended between the two of them now, and they have to figure out how to make it right, even if Eris thinks that there's no need for an apology. Okay, so, I mean, how do you think this meeting with the dad went? Do you you think it could have gone better, could have gone worse? Like, what do you think? I think it went pretty well, and I think a lot of that had to do with Lena's relationship with Cameron. 
Sure. Right. So I really think that, you know, with um, Cameron, like, and Lena having such a great relationship like they do, I think it really helps to sell uh, the situation uh, for Lena's dad. I mean, uh, for yeah, Eris's dad. Right. And, um, you know, because you can see, like, well, you know, they have a good relationship. Um, it's he's being a good dad. He's acting mature. He has a job. And honestly, I feel like Eris doesn't give her dad enough credit. I think her dad doesn't really have anything against Cameron. I mean, I think his like Eris's dad's uh, time in prison has made him a little bit mm-hmm. more understanding of Cameron's situation. And sure. I don't think he judges him too harshly about it. Um, we've certainly seen other dads who have been to prison who do judge the partners harshly about for sure, it. For sure. They're like, I've been to prison. I know what guys in prison are like. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I don't think this is Eris's dad. I honestly feel like Eris's dad, the only issue he really has with this whole thing is really how Eris has decided to deal with all of it, which is like not tell him anything. And it's just like, well, yeah, that's like drama of your own making because you didn't want him to try to talk you out of it. If you were that headstrong, you would have realized like... Well, it doesn't matter what he says. Like, you know, you're not financially dependent on him. What is he going to cut you off? Right, right. I, I, I definitely agree. It sounds like um, the only beef he has with Cameron is, you know, really things, decisions that Eris made, right? About yeah. when to tell him, things like that. And I, 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 to his credit, I do think Aaron does kind of realize that. And when he talks about Cameron, he's just like, listen, he might be a fine guy. I just don't know. I don't know this dude. Right. And he's not only now married to my daughter, he's now gonna be, you know, the father of her child. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, that's a lot for somebody that I literally don't know anything about, (laughs) you know, besides that he's been in prison. Right. And I think you're right in that. When he talked to Lena, that was probably the best thing that happened all episode sure. because, you know, she did have nothing but good things to say and it's always, oh, he's always around and he's always helpful and he's helped me with my math homework. And, you know, yeah. it's not, there wasn't – there wasn't – there wasn't anything – literally anything negative Lena had to say at all. Right. Yeah. I Yeah. But, I mean, we've said, like, his relationship with Lena is pretty awesome and it yes, definitely seems sure. more involved that we've seen – like, we've certainly seen, like, decent stepdads and stuff like this, um, but ones that have, like, Insta had this relationship with them, you know, and, like, good rapport where they are joking with one another and have that kind of relationship, I think, is something that's pretty rare. I mean, I would argue that Marcelino has a very good relationship with Giovanni, but mm-hmm. maybe it's also because Giovanni is a, a lot younger. It doesn't right. just doesn't seem like it has like the same level of like comfortability where you can like joke around with each other, mess with each other. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely different because I feel like Giovanni and Marcelino, as far as Giovanni knows, he doesn't. I don't think he remembers any time pre Marcelino. Like yeah, he's well, literally always been there. Like he thinks of him as dad more than anything else. Whereas Lena has. You know, a lot of things. And this mm-hmm. guy is relatively new in, ter- in terms of coming into their life. Um, 
I mean, I, I thought it was really telling his reasoning behind why they needed to get married so quickly. Yeah. Because yeah. we see that. That, that. Like, I think it's legitimate. Like, he says yeah, it all the time. He's, he's like, well, I don't want to. But he not only did he step up, but he specifically steps up because he's like, well, I'm married. And this is what you have to do when you're married. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm a married man. And I, I this is I, I know I don't like I don't like having to talk about where I am all the time. But when you're married, that's what you have to do. Right. Yeah. And so it definitely scans the way he told the dad. It's like, this is why we got married so quick. This is why I think it's going to keep me in line because it's, it's, it's an actual thing. And we see his reasoning all the time where he like thinks that way. Right. He's yeah. like, well, I, if I, and I, I kind of agree with him. If he was just a boyfriend, he might not think the same way. Yeah. I just wanted to also remind you of uh, Giovanni's, like, actual dad. Remember him and Marcelino? And they almost fought, yeah. <laughs> a couple times. So, I mean, like, I think Giovanni remembers his dad, but his dad certainly isn't in the picture now. Especially right. now that they moved to Florida. Yeah, well, I was saying, as far as Giovanni remembers, yes, he knows mm-hmm. his biological dad. But it's, like, in terms of, well, who's the person, who's the man that's been there living in his house, like providing for him all the time it's been marcelino yeah right? for sure all right so let's move on to a lot of the same old uh and that's derek oh, and monique oh, so geez. i know it's it but it is it's a lot of the same old this it's like so the dumb. same <laughs> tried so... argument over yeah. and over again okay but derek and monique they're hanging out at monique's sister's uh calandra's house actually i think it was monique's house but calandra and the family all decide to come over so derek assures her sister that his sisters will not be there and so they're Therefore, there will be no drama, so he says. When there's a knock at the door, Derek is relieved to see that it's more of Monique's family and not his sisters. Monique's um, godmother starts the grilling and all the sisters jump in. The family thinks that Derek isn't good or a good fit for Monique. They all know that Monique has a habit of settling and they all think that Derek is not worthy of her love. They're coming at Derek for cheating, and then Monique says that Derek needs to be honest about the situation by admitting that he cheated just because, and not because they were on a break as Derek keeps on trying to, like, excuse Mm -hmm. himself. Derek thinks that they got past it, so the family should too. The family points out that Monique doesn't trust him, so they also don't. Monique says that he's secretive about his phone. As he gets a text, and this just reinforces the situation as he tries to excuse himself to the bathroom to then delete the text. Monique insists on seeing it as the entire family is literally following him around the house. Monique snatches the phone away from him and knows about the recently deleted folder on iPhones as she locks herself in the bathroom to read his message. Monique sees the message is from a girl who is complaining about her dude not touching her and sending Derek pictures and videos. Derek is denying that he received any pictures, even though they they are all seeing that that is a lie. Monique then opens his Instagram to discover Derek was looking up the bottle service girl from the club the night before. Derek is pacing back, back and forth, just panicking. He admits to us that his phone is basically a porn site, but he also insists that he loves Monique. Derek is arguing with the family that this is all old stuff. It's all old stuff. And Monique says now that she's seen all of this, she's going to fuck him up. Monique confronts Derek about the bottle service girl and Derek keeps saying that these messages are old. 
They all claim he should have just blocked all these people and never responded. They all encourage Monique to call one of the women in question. Derek says that the woman will say that Derek was in a relationship, uh, you know, with Monique and that they are just friends. So Monique calls and the woman is confused when she hears the name Derek. She claims to be a club promoter and sent Derek pictures to promote her club in Georgia. The family claims that Derek is coaching these hoes. Derek thinks that she's taking everything the wrong way. He tells us that he's been having a little entertainment fun, which I'm not really sure what that's supposed to mean. Don't know what that means. But then Calandra says that they should all go and give them a chance to talk, and they all hope that, you know, this relationship is done. Derek asks if it's done and is insisting on having an answer, like, immediately, but Monique is trying to get him to pack his stuff and leave, uh, but she doesn't really want to answer him. She just keeps on saying, I don't know if it's done, but pack up your stuff. And he's trying to retrieve the ring that he had hidden in her cabinets without her seeing before she makes him leave her house. Mm. All right. So, okay. This call was interesting because the family's all claiming that he's coaching these women to, if they ever get a call from a woman demanding who they are, you know, to say that they're like a promo girl. But does it even make sense what they're the texts are, uh, you know, the text versus no, what makes this woman's no story. Sense. It makes no sense. Okay. Like, first of all, it makes no sense because she asked her where she was from and she was like, Georgia. It makes yeah. no sense for a guy who lives in Cleveland, can't mm-hmm. leave the state except to come to visit her in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Why would a promoter in Georgia want get be t- in touch with him at all? Right. Why would a club promoter who says that her man hasn't touched her in forever? That, that's before we can get into the context of right. the, the content of the things. Club promoters are like, hey, free drink specials. Hey, ladies night. Hey, you know, this yeah. performer, not like sending you pictures of her titties. Like that's, yeah. not, <laughs> that's not something club promoters do. Right. right. Not for free, at least. It doesn't make any sense. Now, what does make sense is someone he d- wouldn't have to coach at all. And here's my theory. They're all prostitutes. Mm. Right? And they – because the other thing too, I was like, wait, I was single for a long time. You know how many women just randomly sent me pictures of their titties for no reason? <laughs> it was zero. None. I know. You're much more likely to get dick pics. <laughs> right. Unsolicited dick pics. Yeah. How does he have so many women that are out here literally just thirsty as hell – like yeah. just sending him whatever. Oh, I need, I need, I need your dick. Oh, right. Unless he's like literally. And then I was like, oh, wait, what if they're all prostitutes? Because they would be thirsty as hell being like, hey, I would like some more money. That would be nice if we had another business transaction together. Yeah. Right? That also makes sense why he's slept with 10 women. Like yes. in what did he say, like a month? Because yes. it's, it's not that I don't trust that he could hook it up like with 10 women, but it just seems like a lot of effort to do right. that. Right. Like right. you have to be in a place where you meet random people. You really have to like, you know, right. play the numbers, which means a lot play, of talking. Play. You're doing a lot of talking, right? Because if yeah. you're play, even if you're playing the numbers, even if you're like really good. Really, really good and really yeah. slick with women. You're batting what, fifty percent? 
right? <laughs> Which means you have yeah. to at least be talking to 20 different women, right? Right, unless right. So there's, it just, unless it, there's a class of women that you bet a thousand percent on as long as you have the money. Right, right, exactly. And so it's like, oh, prostitution, that makes more sense how you got so many at one time. And then I'm sure that if you called up a prostitute that they would probably say some variation of what their job is, like kind of adjacent right. to it. So I could yes. certainly see them billing themselves as promoters. Yes, I'm a club promoter. I work yeah. at a club, like, yeah. like that, that kind of thing. And yeah. Because they know, like, th- th- that's part of the business. You know you're going to get some angry calls from some angry girlfriends, and you're going right. to be like, I don't know what you're talking about, lady. I'm just a club promoter. Like, leave yeah. me alone. Yeah, definitely. So, and so that, that's what I think is going on. And I think that's part of his, quote, unquote, entertainment is like, um, talking that to makes him. more sense because I was very confused by this. He's like, yeah, I've been having a little entertainment fun. And I'm just like, what does that mean? But yes, yeah, anything I mean, I could, sex working, that makes more sense. Yes, he's talking to sex workers. Like that's yeah. what his entertainment is. Whether or not he has been, you know, sealing the deal with sex workers recently or whatever, mm-hmm. I think he gets a kick out of out of. Just communicating with them, right? Yeah. And maybe maybe it's that. Maybe the sex work he's paying for is just virtual and online stuff, right? Yeah. I could see him. I, uh, if, if I was looking at his phone, I'd look for the OnlyFans app. Like, that's where I'd be. <laughs> right. <laughs> right? Oh, my goodness. Uh, but it was just – I he, he drove me nuts with, like, the fact that he was, like, smiling the whole time. Yeah. Give me my phone. Ha, ha, ha. I just want my phone back. And He's it's like, like, it's it just- old. Those are old messages. Like, you're not even reading it right. And then that whole, like, thing that we've talked about that he does, where he just, just like, deny, 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 even if the person is staring at the truth, there is no yes. possible way to deny it. He's just like, nope, got to deny it all costs and just hope for the best. Yes, it's super, fr- super, yes. super frustrating. Like, she's... He's, those are old messages. I'm looking at the date, dude. Yeah, this was today. He's like, what? And she's like, why are women sending you pictures? Nobody's sending me pictures. I'm looking at a picture that was just sent. <laughs> no, yes. no one sends me pictures. Yeah, it's just and, – and and then – I mean, it, and it seemed like the family was definitely like ganging up on him. Yeah. And, and, they, and then he's going to use that as the excuse. Well, your family was just ganging up on me, right? Because he even – he literally did said that. Well, you're just breaking up with me because your family wanted you to. Right. And to her credit, she was like, if my fa- if I listened to what my family wanted, we wouldn't be together right now, dude. <laughs> like, yeah. This is not something that they're okay with. But like, yeah, I just – the way he – Smiled his way through it. It's, and plus, I'm, I, I, as a person who's around teenagers all day, the, uh-huh. give me back my phone. Oh my oh God. It's like, just stop and give her back her phone and shut up. Like, this is, it's so annoying. And yeah. I hate it so much. Yeah. That's like my four year old niece. It's like, if you try to take her tablet away from her when she's in the middle of a movie, oh, she'll oh, like yeah. swat at you. Yes. She'll put, get it as far yeah. away. No. And like swat but, but, at you. But the way he was playing it off, and because the, the the kids at school do it to flirt, right? Mm-hmm. They're they're dumb, they're young, they're bad at flirting, and like <laughs> they steal a phone. And it's like, oh, you took my phone, give it back! I want my phone back! And I'm like, I'm just like, stop this horrible, horrible <laughs> attempt at flirting in front of me, and just give him his phone back and go to class. Stop it! Oh goodness! And he was trying to play it off like it was a flirty, fun thing, and it was like, this is not flirty and fun. This is like ridiculous and bad. <laughs> yeah. 
All right, so moving on with ridiculous and bad, let's go to Amber and Puppy, mostly Amber this time. So we're at Queen's house first, though, and Puppy is going through her huge pile of stuff that she either needs to take to trash or Goodwill or something because <laughs> it doesn't fit here. So Puppy tells Queen about the previous day when they, when her and Amber got into it at the gym, and then her, Amber, and TC got into it back at the house. So Puppy doesn't know exactly what the trouble is between Amber and TC, but there's definitely trouble. So then we jump over to Pup, to Amber and TC, and they're having some coffee and trying to talk through it. And, you know, and, and even if they're trying to talk through it, most of the talk starts with and centers on how TC doesn't like to talk. I don't like talking about this kind of stuff. So he just says he wants life to be easy and painful and doesn't want to have difficult conversations. Well, okay, fine. I also want a million dollars a month salary, so that would mm-hmm. be cool. Nice. But Amber pushes the conversation anyway and, the, and, and really gets to the bottom of it. This is about my abortion. So they had a fight about it, but they never really got to any resolution about it. So Amber kind of has a theory about what's upsetting him. She thinks that her drinking is the reason – she thinks that he thinks – that her drinking is the reason for the abortion, and he more or less agrees. Now, I kind of thought when she said that, that he meant that, oh, well, if you didn't drink so much, then your liver wouldn't be so fucked up, and if your yeah. liver wouldn't be as fucked up, that you wouldn't need the abortion. That's what but I thought. But I don't know. That's the way I took it, but yeah. he seemed to think that, like, no, I think you had the abortion so that you could keep drinking. Oh, wow. Like, yeah. Like, okay. he said, like, I didn't think you – I thought you were, like, not really being upfront about the real reason. Hmm. Interesting. So, that's kind of the way I, that's, I, you know, that's kind of the way I took his part of the conversation. Right. So, um, you know, she's kind of she's upset about it though, and she because especially because she's like, why do I have to like guess at your reasoning? What is going on here? Um, and if he wasn't sure she was being upfront about the reasoning, he could have come to one of her any one of her many appointments with the doctor that yeah. he just refused to go to. So she was at the, upset at the time that the whole process wasn't like a collaborative process and she felt like she was all alone and then starts crying. He says that communicating with her is difficult because drinking, her drinking is always, every time they, every time we try to talk, it's all about drinking and it's, it's, she's drunk and it gets irritating. But, and he wants her to focus on, on quitting drinking. So also, Maybe don't cry as much because I don't know what to do when you cry. God. So he apologizes for not being there when she needed him. But he says that even though even though he has trouble bottling up his own issues, you know, eh, it's hard. It's hard. Things hard. It's hard for me to talk. So she says that, um, you know, sometimes she doesn't even need talking, just the support. And he at least takes the hint then and gives up and gives her a hug. So – that after the conversation, she calls her mom, Monica, to talk about things. So she tells Monica that this was the really first big heart-to-heart in a long time. And Monica says, that's nice, but he still wasn't there for you, and he needs a lot of fixing, and so <laughs> do you, and you can't really fix anybody until you fix yourself. So we go back to the commercial segment, which goes back to Queen and Amber. Um, and Queen has a pay- plan of how Amber can get her share of the rent paid and maybe – sell some of this giant pile of clothes, including the – what Puppy estimates as $250,000 worth of shoes that she has. My goodness. So Puppy, though, isn't sure about that because she sees herself more as a buyer and less as a seller. <laughs> so later on, Amber is frustrated with – we kind of see her just walking around the house, just super frustrated. The house is a freaking mess and that's because she lives with two teenage boys and a <laughs> – 
grown man that acts like a teenager. And it's filthy no matter how many to how much she cleans it. So she calls Puppy and gets to her and she says it's been a few weeks since her and TC had that heart to heart and things have not really improved and she's feeling very unappreciated right now. So she says that she's drained and just have enough. None of this is her mess and she starts and then we see her start putting post-it notes on everything for some reason, <laughs> which we get back to later. So Puppy says – Puppy gets there and then Amber starts to vent about how she lives with a but three grown men who won't do shit in the house. But also mm-hmm. at some point – at some point she, it seems like she recaps some of the fight she had with TC who basically accused her of having this abortion on purpose to like hurt him. So that was really bad. So she blames – he also keeps coming black back and blaming everything on drinking. And you know what? Now we need to bring out the big guns, which is Queen. So it seems yeah. like the plan is while TC is out, she's going to bring Queen, who's going to bring some dudes over. They're going to have trucks and move everything out. So the next step is to get – after everything's out, she's going to get all the bills, including the truck, out of her name. And – well, if she can't get the truck out of her name, then she'll take the truck. So her moving better get there, and she tells them to grab everything and take everything. And this is where the post-it notes came up yeah. that says me on the post-it note. She put everything yeah. that was hers, put a post-it note on it, um, including the washer and dryer, but definitely not the weird picture of TC, which she put a yeah. post-it note on that says not fucking me. Right. <laughs> Hilarious. But <laughs> so funny. So her anxiety goes way up, though. When he pulls up during the move, and then that's pretty much where we leave it. We don't know where that's going to go. All right, so I'm going to come back to we actually obviously have a lot of talk, lots to talk through in that segment. But as a as the two of us, as the shoe haver, yeah. <laughs> how do you feel about this plan to either you know to to monetize the shoes to get rid of them as, between the two of us? Uh, I think it's more difficult than it sounds. I mean, she has some nice shoes. Like, sure, sure. Yeah. She's got red bottoms. So, I mean, that can definitely go. Uh, but it really doesn't matter unless you have, like, ones that they don't sell anymore or uh, really ones that are, like, common size. Because that's kind of the problem with shoes, right? People have very specific shoe sizes. And so, to find the audience of the people who like the shoes that are the same size isn't always that easy. But... I mean, if she has all these things that are like that high end, yeah, she should sell them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, I guess that was part of it is like the common sizes, it seems like the biggest thing because that's, yeah. that, that, I mean, there's a reason that upon many, but that you are, and, and we say this, you are an issue person. You have many, many yes, shoes. Yes, I have right? a lot of shoes. Um, but my current partner is not a shoe person mm-hmm. and it's not because she doesn't necessarily like them. It's because she really, really struggles to find shoes in her size. Yeah. Right. And so if it's a hard, you know, most, most places like oh, put it out there, she wears like 10 and a half shoes. Right. Oh, so and so big. it's like, most, <laughs> yeah. And then that's what you're saying. So most of the time you're like, Oh, these are cute shoes. And they go up to eight and it's like, Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. And so it is a match of like someone who wants this is willing to buy it secondhand 
and yeah. is your size. Yeah. So you're not going to get you're not going to recoup everything you put into the shoes unless no, you're right unless you're selling no. something that was limited edition and is is impossible to get now. Right, right. So yeah, it's hard to say, but uh she said she had a couple hundred thousand dollars worth of shoes. Yes. Which if she has a lot of red bottoms that yes, that racks up real fast, very easy to hit that number, but it's like going back to how is Eric the one buying her all these shoes because she didn't right. Where work did that money this come whole from time? It? Where did that money come from at first, right? How have you not how have you not yet yeah, worked for years? Mm-hmm. And you still have hundreds and thousands, whatever the assets are, you have hundreds and thousands of dollars worth of things that you purchased. Like, where did right. that money come from? Right. Yeah. It also kind of makes me wonder, like, how many of these things are knockoffs, right? If you, yes. if you know a good knockoff person, place to, like, get them, you know, because that was the thing, like, that really kind of occurred to me, too, uh, when she was with Eric and they would come out and Eric would be all blinged out and Gucci. I'm like, this <sighs> yeah. can't be real, right? Like, the amount of Gucci people wear, like, oh, to me, yeah, it's sure. always very suspicious when people come out with, like, completely branded outfits, because if you really are, like, loyal to that brand, you kind of can see that, yes, they certainly put their logos on things, but not in, like, always an obnoxious, show-offy kind of way. And usually the obnoxious, showy-offy kind of way tends to be, like, the knockoffs. I Oh, no, totally agree. Like, it seems to me – because I always think about this. Like, this is a high-end – it's supposed to be a high-end fashion house, right? Right. I imagine their clothes wouldn't be as ugly as that thing you're wearing right now. Yes. <laughs> like, why yeah. is that thing hideous with giant logos in all different directions? Right. And it makes me think it's – you're right. It does it does to me. It triggers me being like, knockoff. Like, that's a knockoff. Right. Like, right. I want to I, – I assume they're going to be a little more – Subtle. Will they, will they be branded? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Because that's their thing. And they do brand their stuff. And they do make expensive t-shirts. And they do have their logo on it. But usually it's like small in the corner. Yes. Right. Yeah. And not like, like right where everywhere the pocket would be. Over everything. Like yeah. giant in multiple sizes. Right. Yeah. All right. So going back. Now, let's go back to the series more stuff. Like, whew, oh, boy. I mean, I feel like TC came off. Really, really bad this episode. He really did. And he started off pretty good. And I think even Queen kind of had made some comment about how TC showing his real colors. And mm-hmm. I really feel that's true. I think he was very kind of careful about how he came off at the beginning. And maybe he wasn't even that careful. We just like are mistaken his like stoicness for being careful. But I think right. the reason why we had such a good impression of him is because Amber was all about him singing mm-hmm. his praises. What a great man. He was what a great father he was to his kids, like how well he treated her. So we certainly got the impression that TC was this guy that had his shit together. He was really stable. And now hearing that he couldn't even get a loan for his truck where Amber had to be on the loan with him. It's kind Mm -hmm. of like, well, maybe this man wasn't as stable and didn't have all of these things that you said he did. And, yeah, we're just starting to see the real him now. I think his, like, inability to talk about conflict, whether it's because he's afraid of how she's going to react or whatever, is, like, just really telling of, like, the kind of person, like, you'd have to deal with in that relationship. Where you're just bearing things all the time that just seems so emotionally exhausting. Right. I mean, he definitely seems like he's a good time guy. Yeah. 
when it's around and everything, good, it's fine, it's great. But like, and that that eh, that's gonna be tough for his kids, man. Yeah. Like I know it's gonna be tough for his kids because when you're growing up and you go from being 16 to being 26 or whatever, you make a lot of mistakes mm-hmm. <laughs> because everybody does, right? And he just doesn't seem to handle the bad times at all. Like not only he not like he doesn't want he doesn't handle them well or he try he just is like refuses to engage with the bad times. At right. All. Yeah. And then when he does, it sounds like he doesn't always say the right thing. Like Amber says that he said in one of their arguments, like, I'm not attracted to anymore. Wrong. I don't care if that's how you yeah. feel about it. That is the wrong thing to say. I don't, you know, if you really felt that way and that was important to you, physical attractiveness to your partner, you're not physically attracted to them anymore, break up with them, but still don't mention it. It's like that doesn't need to be said, right? <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Because and, and we kind of got some of that too. Like we got, like they kind of showed us in a flashback that it, it, when she was like, "I'm going to go to the gym," and he was like, "Good, good." I know, right? <laughs> like it's it's messed up. Like you should not be commenting on your partner's physical appearance. Unless it's something that's like, okay, maybe if you're not a huge fan of something like they got a haircut that you didn't like or a hairstyle they didn't like. If they ask your opinion, like maybe you could say it something tactfully, but, you know, and once again, if the physical attractiveness is a deal breaker for you, you still don't have to tell them, but you should break up with them. No, but I mean, in in terms of in in terms of what we seem to know, right, is I feel like I I think it's pretty clear that Amber has put on a bunch of weight. Um, Well, I mean, we've seen it, too. Uh, I mean, we've seen her physically just be different. And I mean, and I feel so bad for her, too, because it's it's those situations. And I mean, a lot of people kind of suffer from this, too, where it's like a cycle, right? You're depressed mm-hmm. about how you look. And so you continue yes. to eat. And then it's like, then you feel bad about the fact that you ate and the fact that you look this way and it's getting worse and it's like spiraling. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I de- and, and so that's what I was getting at is like, I feel like if even that was me and I was the case where it was like, oh, geez, I don't like where this is going. I'm mm-hmm. not physically attracted to this person anymore. But I would be like, oh, what's the root issue here? There, there's mm-hmm. something deeper going on besides like your lazy ass doesn't go to the gym enough. Like, right. you know, like it, and, and from what we've seen is it clearly has to do with, you know, the depression that she's been going through doing whatever it is that she has to do. Because, I mean, as somebody who has two teenagers in their house – like, yeah, cleaning up after teenagers is fucking exhausting and totally unrewarding. <laughs> yeah. I get where she's – I get where that coming from, especially when they're not even your kids and you just feel like I spent all weekend cleaning and then I turned around and now there's literally garbage sitting next to the garbage can that nobody <laughs> right. was like – everybody was like, whatever. I just left it there. I'm like, oh, It drives you nuts and it's yeah. super stressful. Yeah, definitely. Um, I feel bad that she's in this situation, but I mean, and I think the difference between her situation and puppies is Amber does not have a problem leaning on her support. You know, she mm-hmm. had zero issues with call up the boys. Like, yes. You know, I forget their we're names, out. but we're like all three yeah. of them, call them up. We need muscle. Everybody in here, we're going to swoop in and move yeah. out. If it says me on it, let's go. Let's get it yeah. out. Yeah. yeah, that is true. That is true. And, and. Yeah, she has less, I wouldn't say pride about it or anything, but yeah, puppies seem to be like, I feel bad that this relationship failed. Well, I think also like for puppy, she felt embarrassed 
how long was she defending her man before it got to the point where she like broke up with him right whereas amber i feel like everybody kind of saw because they'd showed the flashback clip of them taking their trip to you know out of state to get the abortion and then the phone call she had that was yeah yeah and queen kind of just having this reaction like oh my gosh how is he talking to you like this and amber even agreeing like like, okay she was like yeah that, that conversation when she was like i'm doing this this is really stressful it's the hardest time of my life and he was like I had a donut for breakfast. Yeah. Like, what? And you're what just are you like, about? all right, yes. guy. And so I think everyone kind of saw, including Amber, you know, everybody kind of saw it happening the same time that Amber saw it happening and Amber didn't make, um, you know, excuses for him. And so everybody saw and they all reached the conclusion at the same time and took action. Right. Yeah, it, you're right. That is different than Puppy from Puppy because Puppy, the other side of that was Puppy with Eric. Everybody was like, uh, Eric's a piece of shit. And she yeah, was like, he no, he's great. Him. And they're like, yeah. actually, he's a piece of shit. Like the entire relationship, they're like, and she had to come around and be like, okay, you guys were right this whole time. Yeah. Versus, versus, you know, like more of Amber's situation where it was like, no, wow, this thing happened and he really showed himself to be a piece of shit. Right, right. Oh, speaking of pieces of shit, our oh last. Oh my god! Oh my god! Okay, go on. <laughs> our last uh, couple, Taylor and Chance. So Taylor and her sister Bobby are both tracking Chance with the GPS in his truck. Taylor wishes that he wouldn't lie about where he is, and Bobby says it's because he wants her to feel good in the moment, but continue doing whatever he wants. Meanwhile, Chance is taking a shot with the mysterious female friend as they cheers their friendship. The friend ends up being Tanya, who asks why Chance insisted on jumping into a relationship and getting his girlfriend pregnant immediately after his release, which Chance didn't really have an answer to. Taylor and Bobby both walk into the bar and Chance tries to maintain his composure and not look surprised and introduces Tanya to them like it's no big deal. Taylor is crying, so Tanya asks what's wrong and Chance says that, you know, Taylor is misconstruing the situation. Taylor says that he could have just told her if it's just a friend and Chance says that he can't tell her anything because she just gets mad. Chance and Tanya both try to reassure Taylor, but she walks off. And Tanya notes that Bobby is not on Chance's side. Mm. Chance tries to muster up a few tears for viewer sympathy, and Taylor is in the bathroom actually crying. She thinks that Tanya is disrespecting her family. Chance says that he can't be under continuous supervision. He cannot be controlled. Tanya goes to talk to the girls, and she claims that this is the first time that they've met up. She insists that there is no ill intent. Taylor insists that Chance should have just told her as Chance brings over double shots for everyone. So Bobby, Taylor, Chance, Tanya. The important thing is that there are four double shots on the table for the rest of the Yes, that is the important part. Yes. Yes. So Chance (laughs) says that he'll drink all the shots and just get his friend to pick him up if they are refusing to take theirs. And then they're all fighting over the shots and Chance starts going in on how Taylor is so controlling as he has taken one shot and they're all trying to keep him away from the other shots. Tanya steps in and says that he's taking it too far as she's touching him to get him to calm down, which is sort of working. Taylor wonders why he's being so mean to her and so nice to Tanya. Bobby even notes that they're touching each other as they both disappear into the men's bathroom, and we hear Chance saying, don't do it, you're going to make her jealous. 
Tanya walks back out saying that it's a problem, and Taylor is worried that he's acting crazy in public. Chance calls his friend Zach to pick him up. Chance is trying to then get into his truck, but security is not about to let him drive (laughs) off in his condition. So Chance starts getting real hostile and loud, and Taylor tells us that part of his probation is he's not supposed to be drinking. So now he's drunk, drawing attention to himself by his behavior. So Bobby tells him that he needs to calm down or he's going to get arrested, which Chance says won't happen. Chance then starts to walk off and Tanya goes after him. Chance says that Tanya is a ride-or-die friend, and he's not about to drop her no matter what Taylor says. Tanya tells him that he has a drinking problem. As he slings his arm around her, saying, maybe, Tanya says that they'll go to an AA meeting right now as they're kind of arm-in-arm walking in the parking lot. Taylor explodes on Chance, saying that he doesn't care about her as he's touching all up on Tanya. Chance says that he doesn't want to live his life like this. Chance says he doesn't care how she feels and makes some joke about how Bobby can move into the same bed as Taylor. Taylor is sobbing, wondering why Chance hates her because she didn't do anything. Bobby says that she'll move back in to be there for Taylor because she just needs to move on. All right, so... This doesn't sound good. We definitely see that it's like a breaking point, but I feel like um, this might be drunk chance talking and maybe not sober chance talking. I mean, I think drunk chance is certainly telling the truth. I'm not saying that, but Mm -hmm. I don't know if chance is really ready to blow up this relationship and move on quite yet. No, I mean, this is just so reminiscent of arguments that I feel like all of us were witness to when we were like 24, right? Mm-hmm. Like the same kind of arguments and the things and the big blowups and you're trying to keep so-and-so away from so-and-so and her blah, blah, blah. And then everybody sobers up and you're like, well, what happened with that? And you're like, nothing. Like we're still <laughs> together. And it's like, how are you still together? Like I was there for that fight. <laughs> I, was like, I know, oh. right? Yeah. Right? I, I certainly think that is fairly common. And I think that's why I kind of say this because they do. They This is like the same tired argument, but then the next day it's like they kiss and make up. Oh, but I love you. Oh, but I love you. Let's make this work. And it's like they haven't actually resolved the real issue here. No, they haven't resolved. And I'm not sure what the real issue is because like I said, I couldn't, I, I, I had to keep reminding myself that this dude is in his 40s. Right, right. right. But they're not not having the same argument. And that's part of the problem, right? The argument that she's having is, be honest with me where you are. The argument he's having is, don't tell me who I can be friends with. Um, and you know, who I can talk to, who I can spend my time with. And so it's like two different arguments. And yes, certainly they're, uh, you know, uh, they're directly related to one another, but they keep Mm -hmm. on arguing like their point in their separate argument. So they're never going to see eye to eye here because she's focusing on the fact that he's lying to her and he's focusing on the fact that he wants to have female friends. Right. And if he wants to have female friends, like, okay, that's great. But you like, and and you could see this where Tanya came up. Like mm-hmm. Tanya was legitimately surprised. She was like, they're like, well, didn't he tell you about me? And they're like, yeah, like three days ago. And she was yeah. like, oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. She I, even said I, like, oh, he was wrong. He should have told you. Yeah. Like 
she you could see in her head like she was just like oh and, and you could see tanya i really did feel for tanya this whole mm-hmm. scene like i feel like she was thrown in the middle of all this she was just doing what she could to keep her drunk friend out of trouble and i feel like many many women have been in that situation like yeah. okay okay buddy all right you're, you're like including people you're not you know partners with or trying to sleep with or anything just being like just need if we can get if we can get you home asleep without the police getting called. Right, that's my job. That's my job today. Yeah, right? and I mean, and give Tanya a break too, because let's be real here. Tanya took double shots too before, so I'm gonna guess that Tanya is also drunk, and maybe not as yeah, drunk as Chance, sure. yeah. but enough to be like. Oh, all right. Like, just kind of going along with things. And maybe she was a little bit more touchy. Like, okay, I I think it was fairly innocent enough. But if I was Tanya and I knew that crazy jealousy was involved, I would be very careful to keep like a three foot distance. Right. Yeah, about touching him. Yeah, for sure. And not have any appearances like, you know, I wanted to be touching this person in some way. So, I mean, I think her touch, the way she touched him was was innocent. But I don't think she was considering that Taylor is picking up on this and feeling very uncomfortable about it. Yes, I I agree with that. Totally. I mean, and, and but I also feel like Taylor should have been a little more cognizant of as soon as he got to the point where. To him, it made logical sense to argue that I'll just drink all the shots. Yeah, eight like, double shots. No, dude. Yeah, yeah this like I'm gonna drink. Well, we'll find then. My solution to this problem is I will drink all of the shots. It's like, oh, this is drunk reasoning. He's <laughs> drunk. <laughs> like nothing I say is gonna make any impact right now. Like we yeah. just have to get out of here, right? And and getting out of there, but but like uh, but also you know things like I don't understand why he's being nice to Tanya, not to me, and it's like because he's not fighting with Tanya, he's fighting right. with you. Yeah. Like, why is he nice to the person that he's not having a disagreement with? It's like, do you need to ask that question? That doesn't make any sense, <laughs> right? And so I'm because. I, I, even giving him the benefit of the doubt. I mean, Chance was obviously a freaking asshole this whole time, right? A drunk yeah. asshole this whole episode. But I don't think he doesn't have a point. I think if he was like, hey, I'm going to go hang out with my friend Tanya, she'd have been like, why? Why are you doing that? You shouldn't have girlfriends. Why you have a girlfriend? She's a female. Why is she with her? Like, I, I, it would have been a fight. Like, it was going to be a fight whether I kept it from you or whether I told you. So why would I tell you? Right. 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 I, 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 I get where he's like it because I think her jealousy is enough and we kind of don't see that as much. But I don't think he's making it up that every time if he was honest with her, it would still be a fight. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's super difficult because I feel like the Taylor would rather him tell her the truth than him sneak around. So if she knows that this is the alternative, he's going to do whatever he wants anyway. I think Mm -hmm. she would be maybe react a little bit better knowing that this is the alternative. But the problem is, is that he's not even... I don't I don't even think he's like bothering to like kind of check in, you know, and be like, yeah. well, what's your reaction this time? Because I, I get it. Like, you know, this happened, I'm sure, once or twice, not the um, uh, meeting up with someone, but certainly like his text conversations with someone else. I mean, we've sure. seen it. Right. Yes. And yeah, she flipped out. 
but you know, has he checked in and been like, okay, well, can I have a friendship with this person? You know, what? Let's kind of set some boundaries of what that looks like, and then we can be upfront about it. I, he's not mature enough to have that conversation. Th- that's also true. That's also yeah, true. Yeah, like, but I feel I, like if he did do that, maybe he would see that. You know, he he's just assuming she's going to react this way, which is the problem. Right. I mean, because I'm, I'm. I mean, I'm also thinking about. Me being a more emotionally mature and secure person than Chance is, is a twelve-year-old right? boy is. Then, then I'd be like, yeah. If I had a if I had a partner mm-hmm. that insisted that no, you can't have any friends that are women, and you can't meet with them. And if you do, like you have to they text me every three every five minutes when you're there. I'd be like, we wouldn't stay partners. Like it right, wouldn't happen, right. right? But yeah, I think you're right. I think he. Part of the reason is he's always like, well, every time I try to bring it up, every time I try to tell you anything, you yell at me. It's like, well, Mm -hmm. that's because you tell her things like, I've been gambling away our money. I lost my job and didn't tell you. I bought this super expensive truck. Yeah, because you're doing stupid shit. Of course, he's going to yell at you for doing stupid shit. You're not doing reasonable things. And so I can get – you know, so I'm not sure how much of it is actually – is she overly protective and overly jealous or is it just that – yeah, you're going to get yelled at when you do stupid shit because you only do stupid shit. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, I it, it's so sad and it kills me, but we know next episode they're freaking going to act like nothing's happened. Well, no, yeah, they're going to, oh, well, you know, I'm but sorry, I baby. You. I just love okay, you. There wasn't yeah. anything. You saw, you saw there was nothing happening. Yes. And, I, and I can see Taylor, like, kind of making Tanya the bad guy out of this whole situation. Sure, like, which well, is ridiculous because she was trying her She was, she was all over yeah. you. Yeah. And, he, no, she, and him saying, well, it doesn't mean anything. And even if it did, like, well, even she if she was felt all that way, he like, I don't feel that way. put his arm, like, she wasn't even trying yeah. to touch him. And he was, like, all, like, arm over her. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. But, yes, I could see Taylor being like, well, it was mostly Tanya doing the touching. So, yeah. yeah. For sure. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, but I'm sure they're going to frustrate me. Yes, of course. All right. So we did not see Lindsay and Blaine or Justine and Michael this episode. So who did you think yeah. was your student of the week? Um, I, I'm going to go with Amber um, in that kind of, you know, mm-hmm. she made a decision and she it wasn't a wishy-washy decision of, well, maybe mm-hmm. things will work out. It was like, nope, I'm out. Here's my shit. I'm taking it. Let's go. I agree. And I also think that she is the type of person where she moves forward, doesn't look back. She's oh, for sure. And I'm not yes. saying that she's not sad about it, but I do think there is an element of she was probably mourning this relationship as she was kind of going through these rough times because, mm-hmm. you know, it's like that was the disconnect already, right? So she was mourning the relationship that she already had already. So I think it is going to be much easier for her to get over TC than, you know, puppy getting over Eric. But right. she's not the kind of person to second guess. And she's like, nope, we're done. No, and she no, won't I think, go back. I, yeah, I definitely feel like she was like, I gave him plenty of chances yeah. to to make things better. And he yeah. Decidedly turned turned away turned those down. So right here we, and I, here's I, I where we agree are. with her as well. Okay, mm-hmm. how about your dunce? A chance like that was God, so know, dumb. Right? Just so yeah. drunk, so dumb. Like yeah, just do, yeah, the, the, especially he get to the point. A he tried to drunk drive away from the bar. Yeah, right? I know. <laughs> like, Sometimes I always wonder like about. Um, 
Because I think that was love after lockup security, not the bar the security. Bar security. Right? Agreed. So Agreed. almost like production. So production mm-hmm. essentially is the one who stopped him. And I know that, you know, some production companies are very committed to not intervening and let people make their own dumbass mistakes. And I've yeah. certainly seen that on, let's say, Teen Mom. There was a notorious incident of someone who was driving while high and he almost fell asleep at the wheel several times in that car ride and people ask all the time how did production let this person like drive while under the influence and so yeah i'm really glad that security stepped in and yes that does make chance dunce Mm-hmm. Especially yeah. because he had a line, a ride lined up already. Yeah, it's like, what are confused. you doing? Yeah, yeah. I, it just, yeah. There was, there like was so logic, much that went on. You know? The drunk logic, the drunk yeah. logic of. And he, besides that, he was like, "Well, fine, I won't drink that shot, but nobody else is allowed to touch it." <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> okay, that's just drunk logic. <laughs> right, stupid drunk logic. All right, what about your life lesson? Um, so my life lesson is, oh my god, if you're trying to convince people. That you're not talking to other women on a phone, maybe put the phone on silent right. <laughs> while you're talking to those people. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. Okay. So I had a life lesson from, I, I'm assuming you're talking about Derek. That's Derek. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. Derek and Monique. Uh, so if someone treats you the way that Derek's treated Monique, there shouldn't be a single question in your mind. Yeah. There's no, no, no. There was right. no Because she was like, I don't know if we're done. So yeah. to me, like you're done. And if not, you have to accept that you are in an open relationship yes. and you cannot go searching for, you cannot, you know, uh, get mad at them. Like, yep. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. If, yeah. if Monique chooses to go forward this relationship, yeah. it is an open relationship. Yes. Right, right. So, and I mean, certainly you can negotiate the terms of that open relationship. That's absolutely your right in this relationship. But, you know, this guy, like, good luck well, to thing is, negotiating the thing is terms. She, she can't. She can't negotiate. But no, she's imagine, in no position to. No position to because. Because yeah. he knows that she'll stay with him. It, well, um, no, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking the other way. Mm. If she slept with one other dude. Yeah. He'd be done. Oh, he would yeah, dump yeah, her so sure. fast, for sure. Like, like so fast, right? Like, right. And, and it's just he it's a, he has a double standard in the relationship. Oh, on yeah. top of that, but yeah. yeah, it's him. He is the one in control of that relationship. And oh, if you yeah, for sure. take him back, he knows a hundred percent for sure. Yeah. He is the person yeah. who dictates all the all the you know all the terms of relationship is him. Right. Because she doesn't want to lose him, which is yep. just bananas to me. It's like, oh, yeah. lose what? Lose him? Lose <laughs> that guy? I don't guy? get it. Lose that stupid fuck boy? I like, do I don't understand. not get it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, uh, I, I cut off at my preview, it did something very weird. So, I'm oh. assuming we do have an episode next week, but it's not yes, the season finale, I know, right? I, I, don't, okay. I don't think so, and I didn't I didn't see anything about season finale, so. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it's going to take them more than one episode to plan this wedding, so I feel like we got oh, at least yes, a couple true. episodes. That's true. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. So, uh, until next week. All right. See everybody then. Okay. Bye. Okay. Bye. Good.